Welcome back to The Emily Show. Today's story is something that I'm honestly obsessed with because it is the craziest thing I have seen in a while. And it is just, there's so much. And every time I'm like, no, it can't get crazier. It's like, hold my beer. But wait, there's more. Every single turn of this story. And the more I dive into it, it's like, but wait, there's more. So this is absolutely a part one of I don't know how many there's going to be more because this story has to, there has to be a resolution. And I just, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around this. So we're going to process it together. This is the wild story of missing lawyer, John Pierce. I feel like we're in a, where in the world is Carmen San Diego situation? We are, it's like, where's Waldo, but not funny because He actually has criminal defendants sitting in custody, needing representation, and it would be comical if there weren't people's like, you know, constitutional rights hanging in the balance. But we're going to drive into the T of all of the things and go through this story so that there's a background here as I continue to follow it. So let's catch you up to speed on WTF is going on with lawyer John Pierce. Hey there, welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. Before we get all the way into this story, I need to tell you how it came about that this story popped up kind of on my radar. I was on our monthly members-only live stream for September, which if you're part of the Law Nerd community, thank you. Thank you for your support. It allows me to be a full-time content creator and have a little bit <laughs> a little bit of, of security knowing that if YouTube is like, no, <laughs> no facts, yeet, um, that we still have a community where I can share content, share videos, share live streams, and share my thoughts over on the Patreon platform. So if you want to support the show, if you want exclusive content, including the I Have Thoughts private members only podcast, which literally is me having thoughts about all the things that you ask for that don't always fit into my content here and also my my takes on the things that I cover. That is all at lawnerdsunite.com. Again, that is lawnerdsunite.com. That will get you there. You can join for as little as $3 a month to get the members-only live streams and the members-only podcast. This story came up during a members-only live stream and I lost my ever-loving mind. I think we ended up three hours streaming. And if you want to see a clip of that, it is on Instagram. I clipped down some of those moments to share with you kind of what the experience is like being in one of those community member-only lives. But we were looking at something else on Twitter and this story was pinned and I had heard rumblings of it. But then when we got into the article and then another article. And then the other article had court documents attached and the articles buried the lead. The court documents had so much more information that is just wild, which is why when reporting is done, and I appreciate reporting, but when reporting is done by non-lawyers, sometimes they don't see the drama in some of the details, the way that I pick up on it, because I think I have a different perspective on the implications of it. So we spent a stream together, deep diving this 
there were allegations that the law firm's phone's been disconnected. We called the law, well, I called the law firm while we were streaming live. The phones have been disconnected. More information has come out about that. So we're going to back up and talk about all of this. But if you want to support um, me and the content and join the community, I would be so happy to have you over at lawnardsunite.com. Let's get into this, but we have to start with a quote. As I was reading this, the only quote that came through my mind was, and bad mistakes, I've made a few. Queen, let's talk about John Pierce. Let's just, let's just, John Pierce is a Harvard Law School graduate. Let's start there. Bro went to Harvard Law and was like editor of law review and shit. Like not just, not just skating by, but like actually should know things, should, should know things. And he worked for some of the most prestigious law firms in the U.S., including Latham Watkins. So what is happening and how did we get here? I don't know. He had a fairly large law firm that had over 70 employees and then imploded. There's still apparently and reportedly $70 million in debt from the implosion of that law firm. And he has promised future earnings towards it, which are all now in questions because he is missing and he is representing over 17 defendants. Well, it used to be. (laughs) Defendants are firing him and getting placed with other attorneys, and we'll get to that. But he is representing 17 criminal defendants from the January 6th Capitol riots. And oh my God, like no one should be carrying that caseload, but he seemed to be a civil attorney with not a lot of criminal background, but has kind of risen uh, to prominence or now maybe infamy through taking on more conservative causes. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But he is a California licensed attorney. He had a law firm office in California that seemed like he was subleasing it from from Morgan Lewis. But Morgan Lewis sued his firm, Pierce Bainbridge. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about why it's the PB&J incident. But Pierce Bainbridge. And if I say Pierce Brosnan, it just, it happens. It just happens. But I'm like, PB&J, the firm should be PB&J, Pierce Bainbridge Justice, right? I'll stop making fun eventually. Morgan Lewis was subleasing offices to Pierce Bainbridge and sued them in April 2021 for over $430,000 in back rent. It seems that the law firm, according to court documents, of Pierce Bainbridge stopped paying their rent back in April 2020, like April, May 2020. In that case, I went and pulled the docket to see what's currently going on. There was a request for dismissal filed on February 17th, 2021. This is an unlawful detainer case. So whether they will sue him for back rent, I don't know. Whether they took back over the law offices, I don't know. If that's why the phone at the law firm is disconnected, I don't know. We know the phone's disconnected because one, I tried calling in, it's disconnected. But two, the AUSAs that were filing to let the court know that this attorney has gone completely MIA mentioned that the phones were disconnected, which triggered me to be like, I'm so curious. (laughs) Are they really? So there is still this unlawful detainer case going on, um, though a motion to dismiss was filed. So I wonder if they got the premises back or took the premises back. And 
wonder if they will then proceed to sue him more for the for the $430,000 in back rent. But there is this $70 million hole from his last law firm. So best of luck to Morgan Lewis to find that money. In rising to prominence, taking up conservative causes, um, Pierce started representing defendant Kyle Rittenhouse. And if you remember the name, you might be familiar with the story or not super familiar. Kyle Rittenhouse is accused of multiple counts of murder. He's 17 years old. He shot numerous individuals and killed them during the Kenosha riots. There are issues of self-defense in that case that will be brought up at trial. Um, Lots thought that he shouldn't be charged. Lots thought that he should. Through the kind of wave of either derision or support for Kyle Rittenhouse. Pierce started an organization called Hashtag Fight Back with attorney Lynn Wood. This is like a, a, a who's who of names that have been in the news lately. Lynn Wood, you may recognize the name of that attorney from being part of Trump's legal team fighting election results. I should mention that Lynn Wood was recently sanctioned by federal court for filing one of the one of the election law lawsuits in bad faith and for improper purposes. He was sanctioned with others like Sidney Powell. The court found in that case that the attorney presented a pleading um, that was not warranted by the existing law or by a non-frivolous argument for extending, modifying, or reversing existing law or established law. So there was not there was not a good reason to test it, and there was not a a basis to file the lawsuit they filed. The court went on to say that the lawsuit contained factual contentions lacking evidentiary support or likely to have evidentiary support. And if you're like, oh, evidentiary support, yes, legally blonde. There was a moment where she's like, you need like reasonable belief that your claim has evidentiary support? Yes. You learn that in the first few months of your 1L. You need to know that your case has evidence, like facts, not just bullshit, not fuckery. Facts. You need facts. You can't just use the court system for whatever you want. I think judges are going to start fighting back on this um, more and more, particularly after the um, election lawsuits. Not all Not all of the lawsuits were were you know, proceeded this way. Not all of the judges went after attorneys for sanctions, but some did. So that's, that's a very brief summary of Lynn Wood. So when we get to the fight back foundation that Wood and Pierce started together, they raised millions by all accounts for Kyle Rittenhouse to get him out on bail. Um, it's said that his, the bail check was issued by cashier's check and that Pierce never provided or presented a accounting of the funds that were raised through Fightback, that the Rittenhouse family, when they fired him, wanted an accounting because the money raised through Fightback was raised for Rittenhouse's defense. And the family said, look, we're hiring a new defense team. We should have whatever funds were raised in his name for him turn over the funds. And that has not, by all accounts, happened. So there is still this question over what happened with the funds from the Fightback Foundation. Prosecutors in that case raised the issue that, look, um, Attorney Pierce has $70 million in debt from this other civil law firm that he was part of, Pierce Bainbridge and a bunch of other names, that went belly up. How is he raising this money for this defense that he's then paying himself? It seems like an ethical issue under the rules in Minnesota. And 
And it raised a lot of questions. And ultimately, he was terminated from representation in that case. It didn't stop him from continuing his endeavors as a criminal defense attorney, though he has practiced in civil law. Criminal defense is one of those things that I imagine you can't just pick up um, and just roll with on a very high level. There's lots of ins and outs. There's lots of of need to, to protect constitutional rights. It's knowing the, the court systems, knowing the local rules, knowing very well, knowing the rules of evidence, knowing what the prosecutors can and can't do. There's a lot that goes into it beyond just like, oh yeah, self-defense is like a defense that I can bring. So that has raised a lot of questions within the legal community as well, is how is someone who does not seem to have a solid background in criminal law taking on these high profile cases and it seems maybe not always filing pro hoc vice, which means appearing in another jurisdiction where you don't have licensure. And I don't know how this is going on, but he's a California attorney and is appearing in cases all over the country, which if you're granted pro hoc vice, you can do, but you need an attorney locally who is working with you on cases. And it doesn't seem that's happening in the January 6th cases. So Pierce, after the Fight Back Foundation um, it looks like folded or he stepped away from it. He went on to found another organization called the National Constitutional Law Union. This is his like slap back at the ACLU. He said in reports that this is what the ACLU should have been, but it's been like hijacked by the left and it's gotten all crazy. So he needed the National Constitutional Law Union. Well, the CFO of the National Law Union is this dude named Ryan Marshall. And you're going to hear more about him as we get into what's going on present day with the January 6th cases and with Attorney Pierce being completely MIA. So remember the name. But he appoints the CFO as the NCLU as Ryan Marshall. Ryan Marshall is a law school graduate, though not a lawyer. He has not been admitted to the practice of law. And he was indicted last year for a financial fraud scheme allegedly. And um, (sighs) reports indicate that he was caught falsifying court documents to help a colleague steal nearly $100,000 from the colleague's elderly grandmother uh, shortly in time after when the grandfather had passed away. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. The court documents from the DA's office in Pennsylvania indicate that Marshall asked the judge he was clerking for. He was clerking for a Pennsylvania Court of Common Pleas judge when this went down. He asked the judge he was clerking for to sign a falsified guardianship document over the grandmother of his colleague, who at the time was a court administrative assistant. And that is the beginning of how the fraud was perpetrated. So he's perpetrating a false guardianship i.e. conservatorship, to perpetrate financial crimes over the elderly grandmother of a colleague while he was working for the judge. And and when Law 360 asked Marshall for comment, he told them that John Pierce was representing him in that indictment, and John Pierce uh, characterized this as a spat with the prosecutor's office and that the charges are completely without merit. When the judge is like, these are false. Oh my God. What? It's just the craziest thing that, that 
that you're falsifying court documents to help somebody defraud their own grandmother by these allegations. It's so wild to me. He was clerking for the court. You can't have a federal indictment, uh, not a federal indictment. He has, it's a state of indictment, a state indictment in Pennsylvania, but you can't have criminal charges in most cases and be admitted to the bar. You still have to pass the moral turpitude and fraud isn't going to get you there. Financial fraud isn't going to get you there. But this happened eight months before he became the CFO of a fundraising organization. What? This is John Pierce's, this is John Pierce's decision-making. I'm representing dude for financial crimes where he's clearly comfortable by these allegations, asking a judge he's working for to do something illegal without the judge's knowledge. And that's the dude, that's the dude to put in charge of the money. Cool. Which makes me question everything Ryan Marshall says, because if he's someone who went to law school, is working for a judge and is willing to do this, I have, I personally, my opinion, have no trust in anything that this individual says at all. So the statements he's making to the court present day, I have a lot of questions about because I question this individual's uh, decision-making processes, to put it mildly. What's so shocking about this too is that Ryan Marshall is now appearing on John Pierce's cases in court and has been since August 23rd. As I record this today, it is September 5th. So he's been appearing in court, apparently holding himself out as an attorney. He's appeared in hearings. He's appeared in hearings with judges. Like the fucking audacity to know that you have an indictment against you from shenanigans that happened in court and that the lawyer that you work for is completely incommunicado, it seems. So you're not even getting instruction on how to handle the cases and to not tell the judge that you're not a licensed attorney and just to keep going. I mean, the, the, the fucking audacity of it. Can you imagine just walking into court and being like, yeah, we cool. Like what? It's so shocking. Like give us all the confidence of Ryan Marshall, like not the shady shit, the conf the confidence of this man. Holy fucking shit. Okay. So let's get in to what is going on present day with John Pierce. The AUSAs had to file a document with the court to alert the court regarding what was going on with counsel John Pierce because he's gone completely MIA. He is super active on Twitter, has not tweeted a thing since August 20th. By the way, just as an aside, his Twitter is Cali Boy like JMP. That's his professional Twitter handle. That's what he went with. C-A-L-I-B-O-Y, J-M-P. Like, are you having an Avril Lavigne moment? He was a skater boy. He said, see you later. But like, what are you doing? You're a grown-ass lawyer, and Cali Boy is your Twitter handle? Just get a business one, bro. Anyway, that's, that's, an, that's, just, that's an aside on the personal branding side of things. The... AUSAs filed in one of the cases, there are, remember, 
there were 17 and still people until defendants started firing John Pierce that have hired him to represent them in capital riot cases. This particular case that it was brought to the court's uh, attention, though it I'm sure has been brought to the court's attention in all of them, is Les Prince. In the court filings, the AUSA said, sadly, Mr. Pierce is reportedly ill with COVID-19 on a ventilator and unresponsive. For roughly the past week, Ryan Marshall, an associate from the law firm who is not a licensed attorney, has been appearing in Mr. Pierce's place at court hearings and meetings with the government. Now, they footnote this as footnote two. Listen to this footnote. It is unclear if and when Mr. Marshall will be able to obtain a bar license, given that Mr. Marshall currently faces felony criminal charges in two cases in the Court of Common Pleas in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. The first case is not the one we talked about. The first case is multiple counts of intercepting communications and unlawful use of an audio device in court. What was happening? So I'm going to pull these cases and we're going to dive into these two in another episode. And the second case being the case with the grandmother and the multiple counts of fraud and conspiracy to commit fraud with regard to his colleague's elderly grandmother and this uh, allegedly doctored guardianship. The court goes on to say that because Mr. Pierce is unavailable and Marshall cannot ethically or legally represent the clients, the government is making the court aware of the reported illness so it can take any steps necessary. The U.S. Attorney's Office has had no contact with Pierce by phone, email, or otherwise since Monday, August 23rd, when he appeared for a hearing before the Honorable Judge Friedman in another case. Since that time, the U.S. Attorney's Office has heard conflicting information about Pierce's health. The morning of Tuesday, August 24th, Pierce was scheduled to appear before Judge Friedman for a status hearing. He was not present. Ryan Marshall, an associate from the firm who is not licensed, appeared in Pierce's place and represented to the court that Pierce's absence was due to a conflict. A conflict means that he has another case he has to appear in, that that he has like a scheduling conflict. So he's meeting, he's in another court, he's in another case, something like that. It doesn't mean that you are unavailable in the way that you would be if you were in the hospital. It means you just have another case elsewhere and cannot be present that particular morning. However, a few hours later, Marshall attended a reverse proffer session with a different defendant represented by Pierce, telling the AUSA that he had gotten word that Pierce had been in an accident and was on his way to the hospital. So in the same day, we're getting two different stories to different people. Marshall proceeded with the reverse proffer session in Pierce's absence, which is just horrifying to me because defendants, whether you like them or not, look, feelings aside from January 6th and the individuals that participated in it, no matter how much a criminal defendant is disliked, hated, sucks, how awful their behavior is, they still have constitutional rights. And our constitution matters most when you are defending it against the things that you dislike or the things that you disagree with or the things that you hate, including criminal defendants who do shitty stuff. They still have constitutional rights. And if those constitutional rights are thwarted, any conviction of any crime will later be overturned, i.e., Bill Cosby. And that result sucks more. So I rather have these defendants have their rights defended so that if they are prosecuted fully and they are convicted, then those convictions stand, not get tossed out because somebody didn't do their fucking job. And in this case, it's 
Pierce and the audacity of this dude, Ryan Marshall, who is putting these cases potentially at risk. And no wonder the AUSAs are freaking out because if they go on to convict these people, what will happen from this period of time when they did not have counsel? Will that be setting up appeals down the road for ineffective assistance of counsel? It concerns me. They say that the next morning on August 25th, Marshall appeared again in Pierce's place before a different judge. At the hearing, Marshall represented to the court that Pierce was hospitalized with COVID-19 and on a ventilator and non-responsive. So we went from has a conflict to was in a car accident to has COVID on a ventilator, non-responsive. And how would you know then? Are you his medical emergency contact? Like who told Mr. Marshall this information? After that information was reported publicly, a different individual reached out to an NPR correspondent and said that Mr. Pierce did not, in fact, have COVID, but was hospitalized on Monday due to symptoms that he believed might be related to COVID, appears to have been suffering from dehydration and exhaustion, and remains under the care of his doctors. So why hasn't he emailed, called, texted the court or the AUSAs or his clients? Like, if you are dehydrated and exhausted, you might need to be in the hospital. You have a phone. Get someone to bring you a charger. Email email somebody. Email the court. Do your ethical duty. Do your job. At least communicate with your clients as to where you are. I mean, do his clients have other numbers than the one that's disconnected? I don't know, but I have questions. <sighs> On it, But wait, there's more. On Thursday, August 26th, Marshall again appeared before the judge in Pierce's place, and before the hearing, Marshall told the AUSA that he had not had any direct contact with Pierce, but that one of Pierce's friends told him that Pierce was sick with, sick with COVID-19 um, and that another friend said he was not. Okay. During the hearing, Marshall requested and was granted a sealed bench conference. He asked the court for a sealed bench conference to discuss Pierce's condition. Later that evening, NPR said that a source close to John Pierce tells them that Pierce is currently hospitalized and has been diagnosed with COVID-19, but firmly denied that he was ever placed on a ventilator. How? How? How is he communicating? If he can communicate with anyone, he can communicate with the court, the AUSAs, and his clients. This is just so stunning to me. This goes on to say that from the government perspective, the illness and the fact that, that Marshall's not a licensed attorney puts the cases at a standstill. Since this was filed on August 30th, some of the judges have either allowed public defenders to stay on a case, not substituting Pierce in, allowed Pierce to be fired off the case, and one judge has convened a advisory council for a defendant to try to figure out what to do next. Also, since that filing, there have been multiple reports from Marshall According to Reuters, Marshall told the court in a status hearing on Tuesday that he had spoken to Pierce, who was beginning to feel better, but also that Pierce was very sick. So if Pierce can talk to Marshall, which I don't believe has happened necessarily, I don't believe any of this. I have so many questions. But if Pierce can talk to Marshall, he can call into the court. Like if you can talk, you can call into the court and explain what's going on or the AUSAs. This dude, if this dude doesn't end up getting disbarred over all of this, I will be surprised. But I mean, nothing shocks me after the Girardi case. But he has not been seen or heard from other than for Ryan Marshall, who has two felony pending cases for making really poor decisions, allegedly, 
while he was clerking for the court. So I don't necessarily trust Marshall's judgment. Bro's been showing up, holding himself out as an attorney in federal fucking court, putting these cases at risk, putting the defendant's rights at risk, and just the audacity of it all. So what he says to the court doesn't hold a lot of water with me. I'm fascinated. I want to know where John Pierce is. I want to know about his history. I want to know how you go from Harvard Law School graduate to I don't fucking know better and am just wild. Did The biggest question now is, did he take the money and run? Is is that why there's never been an accounting? Is 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 he going to fake his own demise? Like wild, rampant speculation. He's 70 million or his former practice was 70 million in the hole. He has all these cases that he can't, you can't possibly provide an adequate defense for 17 defendants in high profile criminal cases in federal court without at least a fleet of lawyers supporting you. One person can't do all of that. And then there's these looming questions over the money that was raised with regard to the Rittenhouse case. So where is he? Is this going to be like a catch me if you can thing? Is this a bad episode of Suits? Is this go on, take the money and run? I mean, that's where we're at. That's where I'm. I don't know. So this is part one. We'll see how many parts there are. I'm, I'm fascinated. And I want to know, he's a California attorney. Is he hospitalized in DC, Virginia, Maryland? Where is he? And why do his clients not have contact with him? Why has he not contacted the AUSAs? Why has he not at least told the court or had somebody on his behalf email the court from his business email saying, I am in fact in the hospital? Here's, here's the information. The lack of communication is shocking. And it leads, it leads, it, it fuels these, you know, nefarious conspiracy theories that maybe he has just bounced. And I, I don't know where, I, I don't know how this story ends. And I'm fascinated to see how it will. So I, I didn't mean to have like a disgraced lawyer segment on, on the Emily show, but it seems that more and more we are ending up covering attorney malfeasance and bringing it to light. This is not okay. This is not, none of, this is so not okay. I don't even, I'm just, I don't even know where to go with it. So I'm just going to wrap it up because I have nothing else to say about that other than may we all have the confidence of these dudes who clearly just don't give a fuck. You know, we, I think a lot of us worry about every little thing. And uh, clearly there are people who worry about none of the things. Whew, this is just this is bad. This is bad. And this is fascinating. So I'm curious to see what the courts do with Ryan Marshall and how, uh, how he comes out of all of this. He does have those two pending cases, but also, um, how much he was holding himself out as an attorney is going to come with consequences down the road, I imagine. So I will see you in the next episode of the Emily show. Please let me know what you think on social media or if you're part of our Law Nerd community at lawnerdsunite.com. Let me know inside the community. We have already been talking about the PB&J incident. We will continue talking about the PB&J incident because this is just wild. That's wild. So let me know what you think. And um, I can't wait to bring you part two of this story. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a Law Nerd. Thank you for your continued support. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I will see you in the next one. Cheers.